Hi, and welcome to another episode of Raising His Kids, a podcast for stepmoms. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren, a child-free stepmom of one, hoping for an hour's baby soon. And I'm Tony, a bio mom of two and a stepmom of two. We are two stepmoms who, although we live at opposite ends of the world, quickly bonded over how we all deal with the same Karen as we navigate our lives raising his kids. And thank you for organizing the notes because I have been so slack since taking a break. Yeah, that'll do that. We took like a couple of days here and a day here, but I wanted to spend that week with him and have that good quality time with him. So it's like, you know what? Lauren and Madison can handle it. I don't need to do anything. Yeah. Um, but then just trying to come home and start functioning. It's like, I don't know where to start. Yeah. That's the hardest part about going away for sure. It's like coming back and trying to get back to your real life. That's it. So but at least but you it, took the time you needed because that fits into our uh, episode pretty well. Yeah. And I did. I did need that time and it although it wasn't stepmom self-care it was bio mom self-care and I do know I've had heaps of bio moms reach out to me saying that they've been listening to our podcast to learn what it's like to be on the other side really yeah that so is they're, good tuning to know, in, they're listening they're following us because they want to hear more about what it's like on the other side it sounds like such a healthy bio mom stepmom relationship if they're like willing to look into it absolutely and I think that touches on just our conversation today where your Karen's being like so demanding and I'm trying to help you go well it's none of her business but what is her business and what she can control and what she can have a say in is helping T navigate this new chapter of his life being a big brother is by like being a supportive parent on the other side yeah that's not enough for her. No, no. <laughs> um, and maybe we'll have to do a whole episode on you wanting to become a Karen 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm getting close. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for letting me have that break. And it feels weird because I'm used to talking to you all the time. Yeah. I feel like I haven't spoken to you in a month, even though it's only been like two weeks. I know, but it is weird. <laughs> so today... As we just talked about, we're talking about stepmom self-care. Yep, it's a very important topic, I think. It is, and we can do as much or as little as we want when it comes to our own self-care. Yes, and it's like yeah. completely um, like up to you what you like what qualifies self-care for you because it's not always like you know a yo like a yoga session and a bath. It's not always that, and that's like Absolutely. always what comes to mind. <laughs> And and that is it for me, especially when we come off that week of having the boys, as all three boys transition out, like that Friday night bath with a glass of wine is important to me and my husband recognizes it. And if I don't get it, he'll encourage me to do it over the weekend and he'll try and take Miss K away so that she's not trying to be intrusive of that bath time where I just get to soak and relax and yeah sometimes like a bath and a glass of wine does wonders for like letting go your like stress or like bad energy or whatever I think it's more about unwinding yeah I don't know if everyone feels this way but I've got four kids in total when they're all here it is hectic and 
I need to run a tight shift. So everything is wound so tightly that I need it to just relax and come back down to earth. Right. Yes. I'm, I could definitely see that with four kids. Mm-hmm. But sometimes self-care is like putting down boundaries and having conversations with your partner and stuff like that. That's going to improve your life in the long run, not just like right now, even though I think both are important. Yes. Like I'm not hating on yoga in a bubble bath at all because that sounds amazing, but it, yeah. it's not always that. Yeah. And Madison didn't get a chance to chime in. So the notes that are written under Madison self-care are just the things that I know that she does. Okay. I was wondering about that, honestly. Because she does her journaling and she'll do her yoga and she'll have a nice big cup of tea and she sends me plenty of videos of it. That makes me jealous. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she's really good with her yoga too. She is. We've done virtual classes together where we like FaceTime and she leads a class while I do yoga with her and I cannot keep up because I am a novice. Yeah, she's really good. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure she's a qualified yoga teacher. Yeah. Anyone listening who needs a yoga teacher, you can hit her up. She does virtual. Um, I do the yoga not only because I need to work on my own physical health and to build strength in my body, but that's why I started and then I discovered that it brought me peace and I could meditate and it gave me an outlet of all the stress and especially if you're listening to like a meditation sound while you're doing it you can focus on the negative energy that you're holding on to in life in your blended family life and you can let it go and that's why that's something that works for me yeah and it is like um it's crazy to feel the difference. Like you can feel the difference once you've done like a meditation yoga session or even just meditation that you can feel that energy is gone. Like you feel lighter. Absolutely. Even just having a bubble bath with no children present. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I know that's hard for uh, people with toddlers. Absolutely. And that's why it's important. And I'm glad my husband recognizes it because he will do his damn hardest to keep Miss K out of that bathroom because she will barge in like she she'll scream my name go Mommy, and she'll be searching for me and she'll start banging on the door even if I lock it and then she starts attacking the door um, she's vicious but <laughs> it's important for my partner and that, that's another thing that self-care is making sure that my partner recognizes what I need yeah that's definitely true too especially in a blended family like situation where you're all dealing with different types of stress and you all need to take care of yourself, but like communicating your needs goes a long, long way. Absolutely. And I like what you, what you wrote down about putting your needs first and needing to take a break from your stepson and having your partner recognize that. Yeah. He's really good about it too. Uh, at first he took it really personally um, if I needed a break from his son, but we've gotten past that. I think that is only natural with most bio parents. They feel attacked and it's just about learning how to explain that it's not your kid that's exactly the problem, but I need a break from your kid because I'm not okay. Right. <laughs> And I need to stress this is that bio parents feel this too. Yeah. (laughs) Like my husband at the end of a week where the boys leave, he goes, 
Oh, for, thank fuck for that. <laughs> like, he's over it. He needs a break. He needs to go play a game of golf. He needs to go do whatever it is that he does because that's his self-care. Right. So for any, and I know in the last episode or a couple episodes before this, you were talking about child-free and childless stepmoms. If you do not have any bio kids of your own, it is okay to feel this way. Like I need to stress that as a bio parent and a stepmom, it is okay to feel this way. Right. I think that's important for people to know because I do also know that a lot of people feel like guilty for feeling that way. And I think, yeah, we got a question about that too, but it's not like just his kid. It's any kid. If I had like a niece or nephew here, like every other weekend, I would need a break from them too. It's like, and I, I think that the, the boys are the parents uh, putting stuff in their mind about when I'm going to go back to work and stuff like that, because the boys are constantly saying, when are you going back to work? What are you going to do as a job? And most recently, all three of them have said, why don't you go into childcare? And I look at them and I say, because I don't like kids. (laughs) And they just look at me horrified and like but you have kids I said I like my kids I do not like other people's kids I cannot stand other people's kids unless it's in very small doses I get very anxious I get overwhelmed it's natural and when my stepsons first started coming around I was anxious and overwhelmed all the time yeah and I was lucky we only had them two nights a fortnight and then we went from two nights to five nights and well, we all know how that ended up. I was having like a mental breakdown and that's when I started my Instagram page. Right. That's how that's what happened to us too. We had zero overnights because he was so young. And then all of a sudden we went from zero to three overnights and then from three to like four or five, depending on the week. So it's like, it happened so fast for us. And I was so overwhelmed when he first started coming over. And I think a lot of that was because Originally, I lived in that house by myself. Like it was my apartment and I was single in that apartment. And then my husband moved in and then he brought his son, obviously. So it's like, I felt like this was my space and now I don't have it anymore because it's taken over by these two boys. And I can relate to that. So I don't know if I've ever told this story, but when my husband and I first started dating, I lived in this tiny two bedroom apartment, basically like a little flat. It had two bedrooms a bathroom, a laundry and a kitchenette. That was it. And my husband had this um, two bedroom unit, but it was big. It had two bedrooms, two bathrooms, a full kitchen, a full lounge room, full dining room. Like it was massive. And it's funny because he teases me about it all the time. And we've been seeing each other for about six months and he asked me to move in with him. And I said, no, And he's like, come on, we're wasting money. We're paying two lots of rent. I'm always at your house anyway. We spend every week when we've got the kids together. Let's just move in together. And I said, oh, well, I just signed a 12-month lease. So no, not going to happen. And my place was obviously way too small for the six of us. Right. Well, sorry, it was five of us at the time. So it was way too small for the five of us. But I needed that. That was my place. Right. Like I, I needed that. It was the first place that I lived on my own ever in my life besides having big K with me but I didn't want to let go of that and then he then my husband told me he was buying a house and he said you can either buy it with me or not and I went well 
okay, you convinced me I'll buy a house with you. <laughs> oh, but I felt the same way though about like having my own space because this was the first house that I lived in without roommates also. So it was like, oh, I'm finally making it in life and I can afford to live by myself. And then I got two boys making themselves at home. Absolutely. <laughs> I went from like girl pad to boy pad and like overnight. <laughs> Absolutely. And I had the cutest little flat and I loved it. And Big Case still talks about it to this day. Oh, really? That's cute. It was just, it was way too small. Like, but I just, I wasn't ready to let go. So I told my husband, boyfriend at the time, no, I'm not moving in with you. (laughs) But we already had had plans to get engaged. So I knew eventually I'd have to. (laughs) <laughs> moving with him but have to. I, just, I wasn't ready to give up that independence so to speak so when you guys bought the house were you paying on the lease and the mortgage or was your lease over we broke both our leases oh, okay. but we were lucky enough that the landlords got new tenants in quickly so we didn't have to pay oh that's nice rent and a mortgage which was good and it, it made complete sense but I was just stubborn Right. Yeah. No, I I'm the, totally agree with you the same way. I feel like having, especially if you're new into like being a stepmom, having a space where you can go and it's like your space, even if it's inside the same house is a really good plan. Like make your bedroom, like a little space for you where you can go and the kids aren't going to bother you or whatever. Our bedroom is a no kid zone. So that's what I've done. Our bedroom is a no kid zone too. Although miss case somehow the rule does not apply to her i feel like it's harder when they're that young i am sure that i mean it definitely was for us when t was younger when when we moved in together we had a really hard time because big k was when we first started dating big k was the same age as miss k is now and we broke that co-sleeping habit which was he didn't really co-sleep but he would wake up in the middle of the night and come cuddle and we broke that habit because neither of us felt comfortable having him sleeping in our bed given that my husband wasn't his biological father right and and big and little jay would do the same thing with my husband especially when it was just the three of them in his unit, they'd just sleep in bed with him because they'd fall asleep watching TV in bed, whatever. And the boys had a really hard time adjusting to it when we moved in together and we went, no no kids in our room, especially because the boys still, little Jay especially, still climbs in bed with his mum. Oh, really? Yeah. T does too. But he's 10. He turns 11 this year. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like she's going to be the same way because that habit's just never I, being broken. I just feel like it's inappropriate when there's non-biological parents involved. I completely agree. That was why we made a, our room a no-kid zone to begin with because he wanted to come sleep with us and it was just uncomfortable for me. Yeah, I just, I wouldn't want Big and Little Jay sleeping in bed with me because that would make their mum feel a sort of way. And I know that Big K was co-sleeping with his dad and his stepmom for a while because he didn't have a bed. And that made me feel sort of way. Yeah. It just feels inappropriate. It does. It's just, I feel like it's a line that you shouldn't cross. And in blended family situations, especially you see in Facebook groups all the time, and I think we've had people write into us about it before, Biomom allows co-sleeping in her house and the step-parent 
and the other house are trying to break that, you would think Biomum would want to stop it from happening. Right. That's like exactly what happened to us is that he would wake up at like three or like 3.30 to four every single day because he was used to being in his mom's bed and he was like he would wake up and he wasn't so he would like freak out that he was by himself and it was like it was just such a like nightmare every single night for months that he would just Mm -hmm. wake up screaming because he wasn't in his mom's bed it was exhausting Mm -hmm. but now she has a boyfriend so I don't know if he's still co-sleeping but I'm like if he is it's just so awkward for me like that would make me it makes me uncomfortable and he's not even my bio kid I can't imagine how it makes your husband feel considering T is what, six turning seven? Yeah, he'll be seven this year. And he has a stepdad. Like, to me, that feels like a line that shouldn't be crossed. I feel like it's inappropriate. I do too. It just feels like, I don't know, it just feels strange. And I guess we got sidetracked, but that is another boundary that can be self-care bedrooms. Yes kid free zones especially because kids are notoriously not good to sleep with so if like Mm. if you're like your sleep is getting like sacrificed now like nobody wants that I have not slept well in I'm going to say four years because I'm including when I was pregnant okay yeah (laughs) that I understand (laughs) yeah so the last four years and I think we did it stupidly, like Big K became self-sufficient. He didn't, he was sleeping in his own room. He was self-sufficient. And then we went, let's hit the reset button. Let's, let's go for one yeah. more. <laughs> and the last four years have been a nightmare. Like I, I still nap during the day. I can't imagine if I was doing all that I do and working full time. Oh, I know. I've thought about that just through my pregnancy. Well, I am working full time, but I'm not going to like an office. So I can just like, I work from home so I can just go lay down in my bed. I'm like, I work in the guest room. So I'm like within arm's length of a bed all day. So I'm like, I'll just uh, take a nap. (laughs) What would be funny is if you slept through your alarm one day and missed a meeting. I don't nap before meetings for that reason. (laughs) I make sure I'm clear. (laughs) That's good. That would not be funny. (laughs) I would find it funny. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's important to mention the information that you found because, and I think you should say it, but I don't think enough women, I'm going to say women because it's stepmom related, but I also think it could relate to bio moms as well. And I don't think women in blended families realize how negatively their mental health can be impacted by not getting enough self-care. Yeah, I completely agree. Are you talking about the um, anxiety and depression part? Yeah, just all of it. Okay. Yeah. So I was trying to find the number because I know that I've seen like the number statistic before, but I couldn't find it. But um, stepmoms are the parenting group that experience the most anxiety and depression. And they're twice as likely to experience anxiety and depression as bio moms and bio dads. Bio moms came in second place though. So it's like moms all the way around are experiencing more anxiety and depression than dads are. Yeah. I thought it'd be easy to find, but I also am pretty sure I saw it on like an Instagram page. So I don't even know if it was like legit. So, okay. So it says stepmoms have been found to have higher rates of parenting stress, lower self-esteem and less role satisfaction than any other parenting type. Where'd you find that? Uh, The link that I put in our notes. Oh, um, That's like the references. So you have to like go to the top and hit see the blog post, but it's in there. But it's true. Yeah. Like I, I've suffered with depression, anxiety all through my teen years. And most recently 
just putting it out there for any woman who could be suffering this. I've been told that I have PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, where my depression is linked with my menstrual cycle. Yeah, I struggle with that too. And I also believe that I have undiagnosed ADHD. So this all factors with my mental health. My blended family was great when we had the kids two nights a fortnight. You know, it was minimal conflict. You know, Karen did her usual crap. I had the crap on the other side. It was high conflict, but the stress within my home was minimal. And then my husband and I had this great idea that I wasn't returning to work and that we could care for his sons more. And I was on the verge of a mental breakdown. And that's when I went, I need help. I need to find other women that are going through this life. And yeah. I started my Instagram page and I met you and I met Madison and a whole bunch of other women who have helped me navigate this role. Like I think I started my page in 2021. So it's been two years and I've made some great friendships. Some women I've met that are here in Australia and then others like you and Madison, we just talk every day. Right. But it's so lonely and isolating. It is. And finding a community um, has helped me immensely. That's why I started my page too. But even before I started my page, like just being in other people's communities worked for me. Like it helped me a lot. And I really struggled to find like a home-based community. Yeah. Everything out there is Canadian-based, American-based. I really struggled to find those in. I, I struggled to find other stepmoms within Australia. And after I started my page, they were coming in drips and drabs. Yeah. And I, slowly, I slowly got to connect with them. And I'm grateful because I've met some great women in person that I consider some of my best friends now that we go and have coffee and we bitch about our husbands and we bitch about the stepkids and we leave and we feel refreshed and stepmom self-care. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes all you need is like someone who understands to like vent to and it helps a lot. Absolutely. And I'm just going to plug our Facebook group here quickly because it hasn't had much traction. We're not expecting fireworks overnight, but we want other women going through it to be a part of our community. Yeah. You know, we want our listeners to join. We want them to ask us questions on there, communicate, comment on posts. We want a safe space for you to ask your question where nobody else who isn't in the group is going to see it. Absolutely. And if people do screenshot things and send things, they'll be blocked and kicked out. And we just, we, we want to build a community of women, a safe place, because we don't want another Facebook group full of toxic stepmom culture yeah I don't I'm not in the Facebook groups for that reason they just got so negative I'm in three and one of them is the sassy stepmom support group sorry I lie I'm four five if you include ours so in ours I'm in yours I'm in the sassy stepmom support group and then I'm in an Australian stepmom support group and an American stepmom support group. Oh, okay. I mean, I know there are some that aren't negative and I'm in one that's a child-free stepmom one um, and then obviously mine and ours. But um, like the other ones that was just like, the ones that were labeled support group I found were just people hating on their stepkids constantly. It was like, I guess if that's what you need to, get out but it's just not for me 
I got reported in a Facebook group because there was a woman who was talking absolute shit about her stepkids, didn't want to support her husband or boyfriend, whatever he was, in his parenting choices for his stepkids. And it triggered me so badly because of Karen 2.0 that I made a comment and it was, if you're going to speak so negatively about your spouse and the kids, why did you get into a relationship with a man with kids? Maybe yeah. this life is not for you. And I got reported. I can't believe that you got reported for being honest. But it's triggering. Like, And I guess some stepmoms would go, well, this is the equivalent to being told that we know what we're getting into. There's a difference between knowing that a man has children and to some degree those children are going to come first. Right. Compared to knowing that Karen is a flippin' idiot. And a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, I don't feel like it's the same because saying that you're knowing, you know what you're getting into is like a, comp- like, that's obviously not true. You know, on some level, but you have no idea how it's going to affect you. And, but you do know that your partner has kids. So you do know you're going to have to support parenting choices and you're going to have to go through things that you probably don't want to do. So complaining about your partner, who is the entire reason you're a stepmom anyway. So why are you going to go on these stepmom groups complaining about your partner? And that's just, I don't know. (laughs) And caring for the children is a choice. Right. So I birthed Big K and Miss K. I don't have a choice. I have a choice. I choose to love. I choose to care for Big and Little J. Right. You know, and, you know, we all know that there's some neglectful bio moms out there. You know, I could choose to not care for my bio kids, but to me, that is not a choice. Yeah. (laughs) But you come into these kids' lives and you choose to be a part of it. But maybe part of your self-care is choosing what role you want to play. And maybe we can follow the episode. But if you don't want to be a babysitter, part-time carer, you need to make yourself clear to your spouse. If you're not willing to physically take care of your stepkids, you need to make yourself clear and go, I'm not a babysitter. They're your kids. You figure it out. I'm not taking them to school. I'm not caring for them. Because maybe that's a boundary that your partner's not looking for. Maybe your partner's looking for someone who will, and I'm not saying care for them like they're your own or care for them like you're the bio mom, but maybe your partner's looking for someone who will care for his kids in some aspect. Right. And on some level, I think that's fair. Like if you've been together for a long time, if he asks for help with something or whatever, if you don't want to do it, that's also fine too. But that needs to be communicated. Absolutely. I tell my husband now, like we're what, six years, five, six years in, I don't know, I lost track. But if I don't want to do something for Big and Little J, I'll tell him I don't want to do it. If right. I don't want to do a changeover with Karen, I don't want to do it. You need to figure something else out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I do changeovers as little as I possibly can. I do. Well, I do the bulk of the changeovers because they're school pick up and drop off. Yeah. School's fine. It's meeting with Karen that I don't do. Yeah. I don't do it unless one of the kids is sick and they're meant to be coming into our care or if it's school holidays and I have big K, then yeah, okay, I'll go do it because I'll go do something fun with the kids and they otherwise 
they all miss out on that time together. But if I don't have big K, then I probably won't most of the time. I'll just say, I don't want to do it. Figure something else out. Do it later. Yeah. And that's their responsibility as a parent also. So that's totally okay to put that back on them. Absolutely. And my husband will call me. He won't go, oh, you need to do changeover at this place at this time. He'll call me and go, hey, Karen's proposed this. Can you do this? Because I'm at work. And I'll say, yes, no, maybe I don't want to. Right. And that has to be okay. Yes. That And it has to be respected by your partner also. Absolutely. Like I am putting off and it'll be a couple of weeks past by the time this airs, but I'm putting off contacting Big K's dad. I have a medical procedure. I'm getting an injection in my hip this Friday and we're meant to do changeover at 5 p.m., but I'm not allowed to drive. Oh. So my husband's already said that he'll do changeover, but he can't do it till six. So if they can't meet at the meeting spot, he'll meet, he'll pick Big K up from his dad's house. But I'm putting off messaging his dad because I don't want it to be another ship fight. But you know, at the end of the day, if my husband turned around and said, no, I can't do it, you have to get him to drop him off. Then I also run the risk of not having my kid home that night. Right. You know, but that's, I'm also in a position where I can't drive. So I have no other option, but I can't resent my husband for that. Right. Exactly. Well, hopefully when you reach out to him, he actually responds to you. Things like that. He's generally okay, especially if it means he gets extra time. Oh, okay. That's crazy that he does stuff like that for extra time, but doesn't want like extra time. Like, (laughs) I I don't get it. (laughs) Like he won't take an entire day, but he will take an hour. Okay. I think it's generally because, especially over the school holidays, Big K spends a lot of time with his parents. Like with Big K will spend time with his dad's parents. So his dad's not spending a lot of quality time with him. So he'll take that extra hour because it means he gets to do dinner with him or whatever. Wow. You know, he could have more periodic time with him if he took more time. Right. (laughs) That's funny. Um, But I wanted to go back to you talking about the Facebook group post that you saw um, because that like reminded me of what we just said about uh, there being more stress and anxiety due to less role satisfaction. Because mm-hmm. if your role isn't defined and it's just kind of like up in the air and your partner expects one thing and you're expecting something else because you've never talked about it, um, that is a huge downer for being a stepmom. So if you're feeling like you don't know what your role is, um, talk to your partner about it because that will lift up. I think it will lift up your like entire mood around being a stepmom if you know what your role is. Absolutely. And I need to put this out there from a biomom perspective because I was copying from Karen 2.0 that she didn't know her place. So I tried to reach out to her to have coffee and just let her know that, hey, I'm comfortable for you to do school pickup and drop off. I'm well aware that you're caring for my son when his dad's at work. You know, have those types of conversations, which I think most stepmoms would welcome. I think so too. But she shut me down. She didn't want to have that conversation with me. And I feel like if she'd had that conversation with me, maybe her relationship with my son and her relationship with me could be different. And perhaps she would be more inclined to do things to help Big K's dad. Right. So does she help him at all with stuff like that? Not really, no. Gotcha. So That sucks. It's really odd. So some days Big K gets picked up from school and he'll tell me his aunt has picked him up. 
Oh, really? Does Karen work? She does, but apparently she works three days from home. Oh, okay. So, but even, this is the thing that baffles me, right? We had kids 12 months apart. So while she was on a 12-month maternity leave contract, not once did she pick Big K up from school. Not once did she show up to one school event. And I was inviting her. I was personally messaging her and inviting her to awards on assembly, cross-country, sports day. I don't know if they do it in America, but in Australia, most schools do this thing. It's like under eights day, which is like a day where all children under eight, they go around to all different activity stations and perform all these activities and they make a whole day of it. And it's just a fun day. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like, I invited her. I personally invited her to all of these things because I knew that because dad wasn't. He medically, he didn't want us to communicate. He didn't want us to be friends. He didn't want us. That's weird. Yeah. And <laughs> she never showed up to any of it. So that is surprising. I don't know if she didn't show up because she has this crazy idea that I wanted to steal her kid. Oh, yeah. Or if she genuinely doesn't care about my kid. Yeah. See, like the school pickups and stuff, I guess I could understand. Although 12-month maternity leave is insane. <laughs> we would never see that here. But well, I, she she had a good job. Apparently. Even the best job would not give you 12 months here. I, I got six months. My work doesn't actually give it to me. I got six months paid like welfare. And so that. So in six months, it was like 18 weeks. Um, I don't even know what maternity leave is here. I know paternity leave is eight weeks because my husband has to take it. Paternity leave here is one week. Oh, one? Oh my God, that's crazy. One week and 18 weeks maternity. So we have 12 weeks maternity and you could have up to 12 weeks of paternity leave too, depending on your employer. Wow. So you can get 12 months unpaid maternity leave here in Australia. Oh, okay. Which is what I Um, took. And I cashed out all my annual leave because I was one of those crazy employees that worked lots of hours but never took leave. Well, <laughs> well at least you had some saved up then. Yeah, it was great because it paid for, I ended up going on stress leave a month before because I was being bullied by my boss. So I went on maternity leave a month earlier than what I'd planned and it paid, I was getting my maternity leave paid right up until the government 18 week scheme kicked in, which oh. was beneficial. Yeah, that's really nice. But anyway, my point to all of that was um, I could understand her not wanting to use her maternity leave to do pickup and drop offs because we've kind of had that conversation too, where I won't be working and I will be home. Um, but I, that doesn't mean that I can just be free childcare whenever it's needed because that, you have maternity leave for a reason. So I kind of, I do understand that, but not going to any events really surprises me. Yeah. Like I'm sure that you would love for Karen to send you messages and go, Hey, T has this event on T's getting an award. Would you like to come? Yeah. And we would definitely go. Like they had a day where they were inviting, and I think it might have been under eight day, where they were inviting the parents and younger siblings to come stay, have a picnic with the kids for lunch. That's cute. Now, I know that some schools in America, parents can go and have lunch with their kids, and I only know that from some of my followers. Yes, yeah, some schools. That's not allowed here in Australia. Like, and especially in Queensland, like we're getting big, like eight foot fences built around our schools with security codes to get in and out. And we don't even have the issue of shootings in schools. Right. But they're doing this as a preventative measure to keep the kids in school, keep them safe. So parents aren't allowed on school grounds unnecessarily. But That makes sense. 
Big K was looking forward to this. He even messaged Karen and said, hey, I would really like you and my brother to come. And he was ignored. Oh, that's so sad. That poor kid. So I just, and he's, he's just learning that this is the way these people are. That's so unfair though. He shouldn't have to learn that. And he shouldn't have to at eight. Yeah. Know, maybe 10 years time. But at the end of the day, I can not be hurt for him. Yeah. It's like the whole Easter thing. Right. I know. I was just thinking that too. But at least make up a stupid excuse. Like, be like, oh, I'm sorry. I would love to, but we can't because of this. Like, don't just right. like ignore him. Right. He, yeah. I could go on a tangent forever talking about the ways that my son has been left let down by his dad and his stepmother. That's so sad. That poor kid. It's like he's not even allowed to have pictures of his brother on his phone. That seems extreme. This woman woman thinks I want to steal her kid. That's what she said to me. He's my son, not yours. I took that as she thinks that I want to steal her kid. You're like, no, I don't want another baby. So I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. Let alone <laughs> your kid. Yeah. Like, so strange. It, it is strange and I don't get it, but it is what it is. Yeah. So now we're going to do a couple listener questions. And the first one is how to not stress about the ex. She's draining our relationship. Okay. So I've had heaps of experience with this and I had to remove myself from their communication, Mm -hmm. not hear about their communication. And I know one of our other listeners has had to do this. She even told her husband that if he needed to talk to someone about his communication with Byron to message me because she couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, I've done the same. Oh, I haven't had him message somebody else, but I've taken a step back from the communication. Well, he he wasn't listening. He kept trying oh. to talk about it. And he, she just put up his wall and said, I do not want to know about it. You can message Tony. Mind you, I've only met this bloke once in my life. And she's gone, you can message her. I, I don't want to know any of it that's happening because it just stresses me out. It makes me feel sick. And... I was at that point, like especially through court. Ugh, that was the uh, worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, like limit your involvement in their communication. And we've said it before, allocating like a 30-minute window. Yeah. And I think once an once a week is more than enough. I agree. I don't we don't even have something time. to talk about once a week. Yeah. Well, so I'll ask my husband how work was, and half the time it's the same answer. Yeah, all right, or yeah. Fuck it, my job, I'm over it, I wanna quit. Yep. Or or he'll come home and go, Oh, how was your day? And I'll say, It's fucked, I'm over these kids. Yes. You can all fuck <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely see that being safe. Or I'll have a good day and I'll say, yeah, it was a good day. You know, we did this, this and this. Much like today, but a 30-minute window once a week. We did ours on Fridays. Okay, we did Wednesdays and because we would be picking him up on Thursdays. So Wednesdays yeah. made sense for us. Well, we did. We generally did Friday and it was normally after we dropped them off. We okay. generally talked to her prior to picking them up and we'd like email her that night and say what we had to say. Well, Big K, so... Big K goes on a Friday, the boys go on a Wednesday, but we'd wait until the Friday so that the dust would settle. If she contacted us between Wednesday and Friday, we'd email on a Friday. And we had a 30-minute window where that was our time to contact the co-parents. Right. And that was our time to talk to each other about what was stressing us or whatever. 
about the co-parents. Yeah. And I know I said this before, like the last time we talked about it, but it takes the like surprise away from it. Like there was a time where every time my husband's phone went off, I had a pit in my stomach because I was like, that's bio mom causing drama. And that was horrible for us and our relationship. So making it every Wednesday where like while we cook dinner, so like there was like a time limit on it and everything, it made it so that I wasn't blindsided by all this conflict every day. And we just talked about it one day. If if there was something that was urgent that popped up right, on of either of our co-parenting situations, we would message the other and say, we need to talk about Karen or whatever the dad version of Karen is. That's And that way the other person could prepare for at some point tonight, we're talking about this. Right. And I mean, it, there's always going to be urgent stuff now and then that can't wait for the next week but overall mm-hmm. most things can wait absolutely and that pit of the stomach thing we use a parenting app for my co-parenting situation and every time I get a notification I have a pit in my stomach and it's like where before the boys went on their holiday with their mum and my husband had a disagreement with her she just randomly messaged me for me to see her name pop up on my phone I went into panic mode yeah it like because causes like never, a triggers. She'd never reached out to me before. Oh, never? Never. Else. Once before she called me when one of the boys was sick and I was meant to be picking them up and the school called her instead of my husband. Oh, okay. And she called me to tell me that one of the boys was sick and in the sick bay. And I said, yeah, that's fine. I'll deal with it. Thanks for letting me know. But we've never had a good relationship. She despises me. And knowing that my husband had just had this major blow up with her to have her name on my phone, I was like, oh God, it's starting. Like the end of the world. And it was her being civil to me because she wasn't getting along with him, which I'm okay with that, but I need to be mentally prepared for that too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When her name always caused conflict in our relationship, we like gave her that power really. Um, but it always caused like that anxiety pit. I'm like, like when his phone went off, it's like, okay, well, we're going to be fighting tonight because she always causes conflict. So um, I would say to this question to just do whatever you can to not give her the power to be in your relationship. And just a little side note from this question, because we didn't get one. You're in a group chat. I'm not. Yeah. So how do you keep your peace knowing that you're in a group chat which now involves um, Karen's boyfriend, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> it's like, so, we don't even know how long they've been together. And all of a sudden she makes a new group chat with him in it. And I kind of feel like a bio mom on that aspect when he like said something. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And then it's like, okay, that's what she thinks when I message her too, I'm sure. Yeah, but you've been around T's and yeah. Tyler. Yeah. This, exactly. this guy popped up out of nowhere. We have no idea because T never talks about him. So we have no idea how long he's been around. I think the next time she asks you questions about your baby, you start asking questions about her boyfriend. They should while he's in the group. (laughs) Okay. Like she goes, I want to know how you're introducing the baby to T. Go, I want to know how you introduced your boyfriend to T because he doesn't talk about him. So who is this guy? I wish I had thought of that. That would have been the perfect response to <laughs> Just next time because I'm sure she's going to ask it again over the next two months. Oh, I'm sure she is. That's a perfect response. <laughs> 
All right. The next one, I have a good answer for it, but I'll read it to you and you can tell me if you've got anything to chime in. Okay. Is how to come back from a dark place not liking getting along with stepkids. Um, so I never didn't get along with my stepson, but coming back from a dark place in general as a stepmom, um, that I have experience in and that took a lot. And a lot of that had to do with connecting with other stepmoms. Absolutely. I, my biggest dark place has been with little Jay. And if you've been listening for a long time, you know, my struggles, he's autistic. He has ADHD. He has ODD and he is a struggle of a child to deal with. And having to deal with him being violent with not only his biological brother, but my bio son and mine and my husband's daughter has been a struggle. And I told my husband I didn't want him here. Right. Which is, isn't that like a big stepmom no-no? You don't tell your spouse <laughs> that you don't want their kids here. But I was at my wit's end. I was at a dark place. I did not want him here. And I guess it depends on the situation. But definitely yes. reach out. And you can reach out to Laura and you can reach out to myself. Reach out to the RHK page. Reach out on our Facebook group because you'll learn that you're not alone. Yes. And that is like the most... That's the biggest thing that helped me get out of a dark place is realizing that I wasn't the only one feeling these emotions. Absolutely. And, you know, I have got some shade for the people that are aware that I gave my husband an ultimatum when it came to little Jay. But then I've had some really supportive women who have gone, well, no, you were looking out and you're one of them. You were looking out for your bio kids in this matter. It wasn't safe for your bio kids. Something had to change. Yeah. Um, I guess you could say that I took a nacho method approach when it came to parenting little Jay and our relationship has done a big 360 and I'm probably 90% sure that he's going to come back from the UK on this holiday with his mom. And we're probably going to be in a dark place again because the way his little autistic brain works and the fact that he's had no contact with us while he's been gone. Yeah. That's, I didn't even think about that, but that's probably going to be really hard. When I say he's had no contact with us, he's preventing it. It's the fact that every like time zone different. So the amount of time we have to talk to them is limited. But not only that, if if we call and we talk, we're mostly talking to Big J because he talks more, he's older. Right. And little J doesn't want to give up his gaming time because that's his allocated gaming time of the day. <laughs> that's funny. You're traveling and you still want to be <laughs> playing video games. He has his iPad glued to him every single time that's so crazy (laughs) big jay's complaining that his body wants to come home and little jay's just in his bubble playing his ipad but i think for him it's a sensory thing yeah he's in a place that's unfamiliar he's with people he doesn't know he can regulate himself by playing video games so we're not pushing it but i feel like the transition home is going to be a little bit hard and that's one reason why i'm glad that we were able to utilize our makeup days to increase our custody for the remainder of the year oh okay yeah that's nice yeah, maybe so he'll, he'll surprise you and it'll be like easier because he'll just be happy to be back with you guys and people he knows and trust and stuff he might he might surprise me I'm just preparing myself for a rough road yeah but I do think that it, that whole ultimatum thing is situational because if my bio kids safety was being threatened I would take whatever means necessary to like neutralize that threat also. So you got to do what you got to do, especially when your bio kids are involved. And I was prepared to end my marriage over it. Yeah. I mean, they're your kids. Like I just, 
it was I could tolerate boys being boys. Yeah. But when a 10-year-old attacks a two-year-old. Yeah, too far. Yes. Yeah. Alrighty. Do you want to read the next question? Sure. Uh, How do I take a break from the stepkids without feeling guilty? My partner takes it personally. I think we've covered this a little bit, but you need to explain that you need peace, especially if you don't have bio kids of your own. It's probably easier to understand if you have bio kids of your own and you're wanting a break from your kids as well as your stepkids. Because as you've said before, your husband used to take it as a personal attack. He did. Anything that I like complained about my stepson was a personal attack on him and his kid and his parenting. It's like we had to had to have a conversation about it that I was like I compared it to my sister and I was like, what if my sister came over here every other weekend acting like a fool? You would want to say something to me about it and I wouldn't take it personally. So it's like, (laughs) yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it would drive me nuts too if my sister was here every weekend acting like a fool. So, I mean, like having that conversation really like put it into perspective that it's not an attack on him and that it's just that kids are annoying um, and they do things that need to be corrected. And that's like the end of story on like with that. So I can understand where a bio parent, especially dads, let's face it, dads have more limited custody than moms in, let's say, probably 90% of cases. I don't know the real statistic. This is just off the top of my head. Yeah. I can understand where they are wanting to do things as a family unit during that time. Right. Because to them, they're trying to make it more meaningful time. But at the same time, if the stepkids are pissing you off, are you going to actually have quality time with them if you're angry at them? Right, exactly. So I guess I guess this is where I get to see both sides of it because I did see where my husband was only having the boys limited time. But at the same time, now that we have them more, he wants a break from them. Yeah, that's nice that he sees that side too, though. Yeah, and he and he, I'm lucky and I'm grateful that he sees that I need a break from the kids and he sees that I need a break from Miss K. And my husband will even do the grocery shopping with the kids. Like I look forward to our Saturday mornings. I know it's Friday night for you and Madison, but our Saturday mornings where we record together because yeah. he takes all the kids out of the house. That's pretty nice. And he'll go do the grocery shopping. That's even nicer. <laughs> but that's a solid hour that I get to myself. And that's my self-care time. Yeah. And that's straight off the back of transition day. Oh, yeah. That's so nice that he does that for you, though. It is. And it's peaceful. I don't know how it's going to work when football season starts, but I'll figure it out. But at the moment, I'll take the win that when we're recording together, he takes all the kids out of the house. And there were times where he wouldn't take Miss K out of the house, because, especially when she was toilet training, because God forbid a man has to take their daughter to the toilet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He used to feel a really weird way about it. But now he's like, well, hang on. There's like parents' rooms where I can take her to the toilet and people don't look at me weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he but it's also time where he gets to spend with the boys and he recognizes that I spend a lot of time where I have all four kids together. Yeah. And he doesn't. Exactly. I was gonna say you're with them a lot. I am. And that's why even if it is an hour once a fortnight where I soak in the bath, and yes, I soak for an hour, sometimes two. I just yeah. lay there. <laughs> Whatever you need. <laughs> just for that self-care, or if it is that I want to do yoga at one Saturday morning or a Sunday morning. He'll, it sounds really bad when you put it this way, he locks me outside, but that's because we have this like enclosed 
back pergola. And when I say he locks me outside, he locks me outside so that the kids can't get out there. Right. <laughs> because if I try and do yoga when Miss Kay's home, she climbs on top of me. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure that's impossible to do with a little kid. Yeah. Once upon a time, the boys tried to do yoga with me, but they found it too difficult. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, I do want to say that I've... um. I've never seen like an official statistic or anything, but I have had many bio moms who are also stepmoms come to me because my whole account is talking to child-free stepparents. Um, and so many of them have come to me telling me that they like they couldn't do it if they were child-free, like that being a child-free stepparent is just like, it makes it a little bit harder because you don't have that like understanding and patience because you're not a bio parent that um, bio parents have. I don't know how I did it at 19. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Like, I did it at 21. I don't know why I did it again. (laughs) I don't think I would have done it for anyone except my current husband. I've told my husband before that if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't have gotten into a relationship with him just because I wouldn't want to deal with the crap that came with dealing with his ex-wife. Yeah. Yeah. It's always the ex that ruins it. And I said to him, because he's older than me, so he's like, oh, if if I die, you'll just move on. Oh. Yeah. He, he's very <laughs> so morbid, morbid like that. But he's thinking, like, I'm in my 30s, he's in his 40s. When he's in his 50s, I'm still in my 30s. Oh, okay. So by the time he reaches 60, I'm still in my 40s. You see what I mean? So that's where he's yeah. going. With it. He, no, though. I don't. He's very I wouldn't morbid. want to think about it. <laughs> I don't want to think about it either, but he'll go, oh, you'll just find someone you'll move on. And I'm like, I don't think I will because by then everyone's going to have fucking kids and I don't want to go through this again. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, though. I wouldn't. And it's funny. I One of the concerns when I got into a relationship with him that my parents had were he has kids. Yeah, And I said to them, I said, but I have a kid. Am I meant to discard him and not pursue the relationship purely because he's got kids when I have a kid? But could you imagine how easy my life would be if I got with someone who didn't have kids? I know. I think about that sometimes. I'm like, oh my God, it would have been so easy, (laughs) but not as fulfilling because I have a really good partner. (laughs) Absolutely. Like I love my husband. I have never been in a relationship like this and I'm blaming the the undiagnosed ADHD here but from what I've learned is that women with ADHD get every time they get into a relationship they get into long-term relationships and then when they become unfulfilled they end those relationships which makes complete sense right because all my relationships only ever lasted four years and then I'd end them oh really like all around four years yeah all around that four-year mark and then it would be case dad like boom four years over done that's pretty crazy that's that consistent it makes a lot of sense and so my husband goes oh it's almost time to break up with me oh you passed the deadline yeah oh, no. <laughs> that's funny but plus he can put up with my crap right that's like the biggest thing <laughs> and he can put up with my moods like my up down melancholy moods he can pick it when I'm in a depressive state especially now that I've come off my antidepressant. Right. And the reason I was able to do that is because thankfully doctors worked out that my ovulation was affecting it and Mm -hmm. I've been able to stop my ovulation. But my depressive slumps have decreased. But in the past, past partners wouldn't have put up with that. Right. Same thing for me. I came off antidepressants when we were trying to have a baby and 
I was a nightmare, like first coming off of them. I was horrible. And um, definitely none of my other relationships would have put up with that. Absolutely not. Like I, I was on birth control until I wasn't because we're trying for a baby. And then I didn't want to go back on it because I was like, birth control's messed with my head. Oh, it does. It's horrible. But half my problem was, I don't think I was on the right one. Yeah, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Because now I'm on one that actually works and has stopped ovulation, which has stopped my periods and my mental health improved. Oh, okay. And I was able to come off my antidepressant. Oh, okay. So it did help you, like your mental health too. That is really nice. But I guess it's different for everyone. Yeah, I've tried birth control once for a couple years and... it like ruined my life. I was like, my anxiety and depression got so high. My skin got horrible. My skin was like clear, like super clear as a teenager. And then as soon as I went on birth control, it like ruined my skin. Um, Like overall, I was just like not in a good place while I was on birth control, but it could have been the wrong one. Yeah. And I've been on several different ones and I've fallen pregnant on several different ones. Oh my God. Seriously? Yeah. It was a pill and rod baby. What? Yep. You can't believe that. He was determined to be here and he is still a determined little fucker. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh no, I'm coming there. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. I just, and then it's like when I went to the gyno recently and asked about a hysterectomy and they said, I don't think it's going to fix your problem because your problem is your ovaries. If we take your ovaries, you're going to go into early menopause. Oh. So like if we, even if we take your uterus to stop your periods completely, you still have to stay on birth control to control your ovaries. Oh, that's stupid. So I'm like, well, I'll just stay on birth control then. Yeah, why get the surgery if you're going to have to do it anyway? They offered to take my tubes to reduce my chances of falling pregnant, which was good. Yeah. Because as much as I would love another baby, I wouldn't handle another miscarriage. Oh, yeah. You actually do want another baby, though? Absolutely. I would have another baby in a heartbeat. Really? Trend doesn't want another baby. Okay, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. There's already four. We have four kids. Yeah. But I'm only 32. Still only 32. I'll count on the fact that I'm still only 32. But Miss K's birth was healing and empowering. And okay. she was a good baby, which made me want another baby. But then I see, like, financially, we can't afford another baby. Right. I see the logical reasons why we can't, but the emotional reasons why I want one. Right. Well, that's, uh, at least you can see that you shouldn't because of like finances or whatever. I have a friend who they, they can't even afford groceries and her mother-in-law has been buying groceries and they decided to have another baby and they ended up with twins. So now it's like, yeah, it's like, why did you decide to have another baby when you can't even afford the first one? Like, I just don't understand, but no. Like I, it's emotionally driven that I would have another baby. Like if it was to happen, it would happen. But logically, I understand why we shouldn't. Right. It's hard to uh, go with the logical side though. So (laughs) proud of you. absolutely is. But (laughs) at the same point, I also go, my husband's 46. And it's like what Madison was talking about in the episode that you two did. Like uh, her husband would be child rearing into his 60s. Right. Like if we were yeah. my husband and I would have another baby, it would be like going into his 60s. And that's not fair on him. That's not fair on the child. Yeah. So how, if you had a baby now, how old would he be when your husband got into his 60s? So hypothetically, if I fell pregnant tomorrow, it would be another January baby, which would mean that my husband would be t- turning 47. Okay. So when the kid so was he, 10, he'd be 57. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that would be hard. Yeah, <laughs> that would definitely be pretty hard. 
Like Miss K is three and he's 46. He had 10 years when she's 13. He's 56. Okay. Well, yeah. This is all, and I might keep this in here because this is all relevant parts of being a stepmom. Yeah, it definitely is. Like, especially when you get into a relationship with someone who's had kids, regardless of if they're older than you or not, depending on when they had kids. Like, my husband had kids late. His right. first kid was late. He was 33. And I know it's not late, but it's when you add up that he's got four kids total, including mine, that's late by the time he's right. finished. Like, there's 10 years between the first and the last. Yeah. That's what we had to talk about, too, is that there is there ends up being seven years between my stepson and ours baby. Um, but because we tried for so long, it could have ended up being more. We didn't know. So we had to like talk about when we would stop trying, like when the age difference would be too big, when we would be getting too old. So um, that's definitely something that you have to consider as a step parent that you don't if you're in a first relationship. We had that cutoff as well, which was that we would stop trying by my 30th birthday if because of my my fertility issues. And I don't know if it's secondary or whatever, however you class it, but I don't have the issue of falling pregnant. It's just multiple miscarriages and they're unexplained miscarriages. And we didn't know if it was going to happen. We'd already had one unplanned pregnancy that resulted in a miscarriage. And it was like, well, how long do we give ourselves? And I said, my 30th birthday. That was our cutoff. Right. And she was born six months before. Oh, <laughs> That's awesome. So I have to accept that. Like I might have a desire to have another child, but I also have to be grateful that we have four. He may have three. He'll always have one more child than I do. Right. (laughs) So even if we would have another, his three would turn into his four and I would have my two turn into my three. Like he'll always have one more child than me. It doesn't matter that I just, it's part of step parenting life is that it's not the first relationship and you have to grieve how many children you can have and will have and won't have. And Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely more complex to grow your family as a step parent or whatever you're going to call it. Um, it's harder to grow your family that way than if it was both of yours first time. Absolutely. And I know for a fact, my mom was pissed when my dad said that he was done after my mom fell pregnant with me. Oh, really? She wanted more? Yeah. She wanted more. He didn't because I was the fourth for him. Oh, they didn't talk about that? No. It was just because my brother was a surprise. He wasn't planned. Gotcha. And he made three and then I was planned and I was four. And then, yeah, my dad made the decision that he was done before mom was even, before mom had even given birth to me. Oh my God, that is so hard. So are you and your brother, both your mom's bio kids or just you? No, no. So both. So I have three older siblings. Right. I have a brother who's two and a half years older than me. He's my mom's kid and my dad's kid. And then I have two older siblings. One is 10 years older than me. One is eight years older than me, who are my dad's from his first marriage. Okay. I knew there was two that weren't your mom's bio kids, but I couldn't remember if your brother was your mom's bio kid. So yeah, two that are mom's and all four dads. Gotcha. Yeah. I would be really upset about that too, but that's why I made sure we were on the same page because I didn't want that surprise. And this circles back to that self-care because And I can't remember if you covered this in the child-free episode and I haven't edited the trying to conceive episode 
at the point of recording this, but you always wanted your own children. So you knew that. So part of your self-care was communicating with your partner that children were on the table and they yeah. weren't going to be removed. Right. Yeah. Before we even got engaged, I made sure that that was up for discussion. Like we were going to try. Um, it, was, it was not negotiable for me. Yeah. Whereas when I got with my husband, I think I've spoken about this before. Neither of us were having any more children. I was still traumatized from big case birth. Right. Understandable. It was not happening for me. And it wasn't until we had an accidental pregnancy and I miscarried that my husband changed his mind. That was also self-care for me because that allowed me to have a healing birth and experience that and experience having a baby with a loving, supporting partner. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that your experiences were like completely different. 100, 1,000% different. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. (laughs) Yeah. But I think we should probably wrap it up because it's almost 11 p.m. here. And Okay, yeah. So once again, thank you for writing in. Thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Instagram and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you like to listen. And don't forget to leave us a review. Bye. Bye.